Good morning. Thank you, Lorraine and uh, Gordon, for those readings. Well, uh, as Becky mentioned, today is the first Sunday of Advent, which uh, happens to be the start of the uh, church calendar. Uh, So Happy New Year um, to you. Uh, I get in early for, for these sorts of things. And um, at GPC here, you, you might not know, but we've got four calls to action um, for being disciples and followers of Jesus here. We've got uh, praying, inviting, giving, and serving. Praying, inviting, giving, and serving. Uh, and so from uh, now in this Advent season up until Christmas, in fact, including Christmas, and we're going to be focusing on one of those calls to action, uh, which is inviting Uh, So I'm going to be talking a little bit about invitation today, and um, then uh, next week we're looking at the invitation to celebration, um, which is uh, such a massive theme, not only of Christmas, but of the Bible. Um, Then we're going to be looking at, in the Christmas story, an invitation missed, and then an invitation that was received, uh, and then finally uh, we're going to be looking at God's invitation to you. So uh, as we get going, can, can I pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you have indeed invited us into relationship with you. Uh, And Lord, we just pray that as we're reminded um, of that invitation, uh, Lord, that we would uh, not hold on to that precious gift uh, that we've been given, uh, but God, that we would seek to uh, invite others to come to know you uh, and to love you and experience the fullness of your love in their lives. So, Jesus, we ask this in your mighty name. Amen. All right. Um, it's, it's not quite fitting on the screen there, isn't it? Invitatio to invitatio. Um, I can spell. It's all there, I promise. Um, but look, invitations. We get lots of invitations, don't we? Regularly, we get invitations. We get invitations to parties, to weddings. Uh, to dinner. I don't anymore, but some of you might get invited out on dates. Um, You can get an invitation to the rugby, which we all feel a lot better about after last night, don't we? Uh, Good old All Blacks thumping Argentina. You can get invited to a concert, whether it's your favorite band or your grandchildren um, playing in a concert with the recorder or ukulele orchestra at school or um, perhaps doing a Christmas play. But the fascinating thing about invitations um, is that uh, invitations have two things in common, I think. Firstly, um, they are an invitation to, can't really see that very well at all, can you? Maybe we do need to change the filter. They're an invitation to something better, right? An invitation is given with the intention and purpose that you will be better off for having accepted that invitation, right? An invitation is future-oriented. It invites you into something new, right? And so the truth is, as we think about the Christmas story, as we think about our faith, God offers each of us an invitation, and if we accept that invitation, we will be better off for it. Isn't that good news? That's amazing. Jesus entered into the chaos and mess of this world, and through his death, he destroyed the power of death and offers us an invitation to walk down a new road, a new path of life with him, if we would accept that invitation. And that this new way of life, that this new path brings fullness, it brings hope, it brings purpose, and it brings satisfaction to all that we do. Look, over the last three weeks, we've had uh, some 
uh, awesome uh, sermons, um, and we've looked at that journey of what it means to have a life without God, of what it means to accept that invitation to be with God, and then what it looks like to live a life with purpose. Bryony, last week I spoke about how living out the kingdom of God, living in the kingdom of God, gives us meaning and purpose to everything that we do in our lives, regardless of what that is, where it is, um, or uh, how we are doing that in the world. And that's the invitation that God has for each of us every day. So an invitation invites us to something uh, better, something new. The second thing that an invitation does, or when we receive the invitation, is that we know that it shows that we are thought of personally, right? When someone offers you a personal invitation, when they extend that invitation, they not only want to improve our life or enhance it, but they've been thinking about you in order to, to offer you that invitation, it means that they've valued you, that they've had you on their minds and wanted to bring you into their lives and their circumstances with the express intention of blessing you in some way, of enhancing your experience of life, enhancing your relationship with them or perhaps someone else. And I think as Christians, we too quickly forget this when we think about the invitation that God has given us and that we've often accepted, or perhaps we're still in the process of accepting, right? That Jesus has thought of you when he invites you into a relationship with him. Jesus thought of you when he offers you life to the fullest. Jesus is the one who thought of us and who invites invites us into his way, an invitation which not only promises eternal life, but the value and satisfaction of life now because he thought of you, personally, you. And we see in Scripture Jesus extending these invitations, don't we? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In John chapter 7, Jesus stands up in front of the crowd and says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will enhance your life and give you purpose and satisfaction. Jesus invites each of us in these ways. So we are invited to this great new future, personally thought of by the creator of the universe. And though we receive a personal invitation from God to start down this way, it's not simply a personal journey, is it? It's not one that we're simply meant to walk alone. Because as individuals who have received this invitation, we inevitably get caught up with others who share in this new way of living, who share in striving to live out and actualize in reality what God has done in their lives made present through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we start to live that out, we come together and form communities. That's what we are here at GPC, the people of Glendowie, trying to live out this invitation that God has given us as individuals. But we do it corporately together. And so we try to live out this this sense of invitation with a new currency and one that is different from the way of the world one that is characterized by grace and forgiveness and mercy and love. And we value different things like relationships and the well-being of one another instead of simply myself and what I can get and what I can have for myself. 
And as more and more people are invited into this community and caught up into it, more and more people uh, come from um, places of lostness and chaos and uh, having their lives transformed by God, the more people get sent out into the world to spread this invitation to those people around them. The more people go out to their families, their jobs, their sports teams, go to mingle with parents at the school, to universities, to pubs, to the Churchill Club, to live out this new way of life. And then as our lives, as our lives characterized by invitation, look, look different and are transformed and touch other people's lives, the more we invoke questions and ponderings and inquirings, and it's at that point that we have this amazing opportunity to extend the invitation, isn't it? If you want to know, if you want to know what gives me this hope and this purpose, let me tell you about it. Let me invite you to come and see that God is good. And that's what it means for us to hold invitation as one of the key pillars of GPC and our discipleship here. That we have been invited into this new reality and this new way of life that is truly amazing. And that there are people out there in our communities, our neighbors, who do not know this invitation, who've never heard that, who do not know the transformative love and power of Jesus Christ, who do not know that Jesus, God in the flesh, died to wash away their sins and bring them into this new reality and offer them a new way of life. And because they don't know, because they haven't heard, we can with excitement and enthusiasm and joy invite them to come and hear this good news and give them the opportunity to believe and to know what Jesus has done for them. Come and see. John chapter 1, we get this great vision of, um, not vision, we get this great story of John the Baptist who's proclaiming the kingdom of God coming. And as he sees Jesus walking along the side of the River Jordan, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples who are there turn and follow Jesus. And they say, Where are you staying? And Jesus says, Come and see. And then one of them, Philip, I'll get these names right. They're not, not usual disciples that we hear about, so I've got to make sure I'm, I'm getting these names right here. <clears throat> Right, Philip, that's right, I was right. Philip, Philip then, having spent time with Jesus, having got to know Jesus, goes and finds his friend Nathanael. And he says to him, Nathanael, we have found him of whom Moses in the law, spoke of in the law, and also the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And what does Philip say to him? Come and see. Come and see. You see, we don't have to have all the words to answer all the questions, but what we've got is transformed lives. What we've got is a community of people whose hearts have been turned from hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, characterized by love. And so we can say, come and see. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. 
was our reading today. We had that other reading about Acts chapter 2 and the amazing fellowship that those first disciples and apostles had, sharing their resources with one another, eating together, praying together, socializing together, having their primary community of, uh, of, of relationship being other disciples. If we are inviting people to come and see, we better have something worth inviting them to. What this says to us is that if we are going to invite people into GPC to be a part of God's kingdom community here in Glendowie, here at GPC, we had better have more than mere words. Right? We have to have something to say, come and see. Come and be a part of what we have. Come and see what God is doing in the world, in our world, in our community. And this, this vision of church may seem like it's quite hard to live out, right? If you look at that Acts chapter 2 passage, it just seems, wow, phenomenal. And you know, they're getting 2,000 people added to the church in one day. It says the church was being, having disciples added to it daily. Um, what an amazing picture. Every pastor's dream, trust me, seriously, every pastor's dream. Um, but it may seem like it's really hard. But it really isn't in the sense that we just need to put ourselves out there. It just means holding this belief that coming to church and being a part of GPC isn't just sitting in our seats and standing up and singing the songs and then leaving at the end of the service. Right? I get a little bit grumpy when people who, who go church shopping. I don't know if you heard the term church shopping. So you go around from one church to another looking for a church that suits you. And they say, oh, look, I just really haven't found a church that suits me. I don't get very much out of it. And I say to the people when they say that to me, I say, well, what are you putting into it? Right? Because if we show up to church and just expect people to serve me, to befriend me, to talk to me, and I just stand there like a statue and I don't have a smile on my face, and I'm not friendly, and I criticize everything that happens, and I don't like the way that you look, and I don't like the way that they jump about, and I don't like the way they raise their hands. You're not putting much into their relationship, are you? Right? If we want to be a part of a community that is transformative, at least smile. Say hi over a cup of coffee. Invite someone out to a cafe after church, maybe to lunch or a barbecue or a braai. I'd like to be invited to a braai. <laughs> it might start with small steps, right? Just small ones. Join a small group. Make a resolution to invite two or three people for a coffee once a week. See how it goes from there. Perhaps you can say to others, come and see. Come and see my, my, my group of guys who I hang out with on a Wednesday morning, and we do life together. And then, then maybe come on a Tuesday night where me and some musicians get together and we jam on our instruments so that we can worship God with all we've got. Maybe come on a Friday night and, and let's have a look at our Transformers, our intermediate-age kids who prepare meals for the homeless and, and those who are in need. Why don't you come on Wednesday morning and see how my church supports mums in our community by giving them a sense of community, supporting them as young mums and offering them a place where they can have a break and their kids can dance and, and go crazy. 
And maybe you should come on a Sunday morning and see the joy and the enthusiasm and the love and the life that my community of brothers and sisters have as we gather together and worship the Lord who's given His life for us. Come and see that. Come and see. If we're going to invite people to come and see, we have to have something worth looking at. But it just takes a few small steps to bring that about. And we're not far off here at GPC, honestly. We've just listed a whole bunch of things. If we just put ourselves out there and get involved, what a glorious community we can invite people to come and see. So we need to invite. My next slide. Inviting people to something. Um, we do all the time. We invite people to things all the time. I've already said that, right? But um, why, don't we, why don't we do it that often, right? And there's usually a couple of things. I'm not going to go too much into these because I'm sure you've probably heard them. The main reasons people often don't invite people to church is the fear of rejection and they don't know what people, or they don't know what people will think of them. Um, and I want to encourage you. Um, it says, be encouraged. People think we're okay, mostly, Right? Mostly. So I'm going to go to some statistics. Statistics are always good when you're trying to give weight to an argument, right? Uh, studies in the UK and the USA have shown that um, those people who don't go to church but do know Christians who do go to church have an overwhelmingly positive view of them. They say that they're friendly, caring, generous, and fun. Those are the overwhelming impressions that our non-Christian friends have of us. Not too bad, eh? It's pretty good. And uh, another study in the USA said that 71% of people who don't go to church would say yes if they were invited. 71%. So if we all invited 10 people to church, seven of them would probably say yes. Maybe we're in New Zealand, so it's a little bit more secular, so let's go for four. But if we each invited 10 people and four of them came along with all of us who are here today, what would that look like? What an opportunity it would be to tell people about the love of Jesus, Right? So be encouraged. People have an overwhelmingly positive view. And secondly, they're waiting for you to ask them. And if you're worried about what people will think, can I encourage you to think of Ashtar Lady? And you might not want to know who Ashtar Lady is. It's this lady. You can't really see her very well. She's worth actually having a proper look at. So um, there she is. Isn't she, isn't she wonderful? Um, anyway, it says, what does it say behind that? The Galactic Commander Ashtar. She's not Galactic Commander Ashtar. But this lady is confident enough to put a video on YouTube inviting you to train with Galactic Commander Ashtar. And she is serious. She starts this video off by saying, I love Commander Ashtar. I love to train with Commander Ashtar. I found this video, just as an FYI, because I was looking for a little cute video to play as an introduction to this sermon. I didn't found it. I found something better, right? If you can't read that, she's nuts, right? <laughs> Seriously nuts, okay? So she goes through this video, inviting you to train with Galactic Commander Ashtar, and perhaps maybe you already are. If you wake up feeling refreshed in the morning, you've probably been training with Galactic Commander Ashtar. You could be his galactic advisor. You could be a battle advisor. You could be a general. You could even just be a soldier in his army. But, 
At the end of her video, she asked you to close her eyes, to be still, and if you get a warm feeling, that's Commander Ashtar offering an invitation to you. Nuts. Right? But can I encourage you? My point of encouragement isn't to go and look at this video and know more about Galactic Commander Ashtar. My encouragement to you is that in the year that this video has been on YouTube, the two and a half thousand people who have viewed this video, no one has given it a thumbs down. No one. No one has made a negative comment about this. It is all just, I love it. I love training with Ashtar. Thank you for showing me. What? Like, what? If we were ever worried about what people would think of us if we invited them to church to hear about an historical figure proven without dispute that Jesus was an historical person, think of Ashtar Lady. Like, there's no way we should be worried. People are overwhelmingly generous in what they will listen to. Today, we have the key to life in all its fullness and all its abundance. We have a religion that is founded in reality, in history. We should be bold in inviting people and less worried about what they'll think about us. So, as we go out into our worlds, can I invite you to, to sow some seeds into people's lives that will make it easier for you to invite them to church? Mention church as part of your weekend report on Monday at work. Hey, how was your weekend? It was great, I went to church. And don't say anything that's not true. Just say, oh, I was really good meeting with like, the people from church. I was really encouraged. Perhaps say something that you learned from the sermon. Uh, if, I hope you've learned something. Um, talk about Galactic Commander Ashtar. Uh, great conversation starter. Um, but you know, I heard about this at church. Oh, you go to church. Yeah. Talk about a conversation that you had. Talk about how you were encouraged. Oh, there, there you go. Um, take something that God is doing in your life and just mention it. It doesn't have to be kind of weird, like, you know, God's helping me refine my prayer language through the angels. Don't say that. Right? Just, just God's really encouraging me to be more forgiving, right? God's, God's just showing me how gracious uh, my community is. You know, my church is just doing this cool thing down at the pub, uh, having carol service. Why don't you come along? Uh, you know, it's just small things. If you let people know that you're a Christian and that church is a simple part of your life, then they will, uh, they'll start to, to be interested. They'll start to see that, that it is a part of who you are. I had a lady at my old church who used to, uh, every Monday morning, would, people would ask her how, how, how weekend was. And she'd say, oh, it was really good. Went to church. And um, she'd give them a little bit of a report on whatever I'd spoken about. After about six weeks, one of her colleagues came up to her on a Monday morning and said, so what did Chris speak about this week? <laughs> oh, she thought to herself, here's a fantastic opportunity. And through sowing those seeds, she was able to invite him to come along to church. Um, he lived on the other side of Auckland, so didn't end up coming. Um, but uh, yeah, look, can I encourage you? Um, just sow those tiny seeds. How are you doing? Like, you know, people ask us these questions all the time, and it is so simple um, to just say, oh, I'm, I'm really good because I was encouraged by something I read in the Bible. Um, and keep away. It doesn't have to be weird. You guys know what I'm You're smart. You don't need me to go over that again, do you? Anyway, here we go. Um, right. We're trying to uh, make it easy at church as well. As, um, uh, as 
get my place back here. Um, as, as ministers, as, as leadership and group of PC, um, we're, we're trying to build upon um, the solid foundation of the gospel, as I've, I've mentioned before in the service, um, of what's gone before us, right? And so um, we want to make a promise to you, um, or try to, working towards making a promise to you for when you invite people to church. And that is firstly, no disclaimers and no apologies, right? That's what we want to have um, as leaders, Becky and I, um, and I'm sure the PC as well. Excuse me, I'm just about to possibly sneeze into the microphone, which isn't fun. No, I'm good, I'm good. Um, so, trying to make it easy, um, we want to have these two promises to you. No, you won't have to give a disclaimer before you come to church, and you won't have to apologize afterwards, right? By this, uh, I mean you won't have to have a conversation with someone you've invited to church saying, it's great you're coming to church, but can I just tell you about before we get there? Or you won't have to go in the drive home afterwards. Um, wasn't church great? But I just need to say why we did that weird thing that never happens, that's the only time it's ever happened, I'm sorry, right? I once went to a church where it was common for a lady to have somewhat narcoleptic episodes falling asleep everywhere. I walked in, she was asleep on the floor in the foyer. Interesting. A little bit later in the service, she was asleep somewhere else in the doorway to the church, and then after the service in the cafe, she was asleep on one of the chairs I wanted to sit in. Um, someone probably needed to tell me about that and what I should do, because I thought there was something wrong to start with. Um, I went to a, when I was just out of high school, we um, had uh, invited a friend to my church um, and uh, come to youth group. And um, I remember, I've got a note on my story here, stand in a circle, Sharon. Sharon was the leader of the youth group at the time. Um, and the first thing that we did was we all stood in a circle. We all held hands like this, and we all had to pray for the person on our right. Stand in a circle, Sharon enforced this for everybody who came to the service. My friend had never set foot in church. And he was forced to pray for the person on his right while holding hands with them, two strangers on either side. The minister rung up to apologize for that. See, we, we want to have a policy here um, as leaders that we try to, to mitigate the disclaimers and the apologies. Right? You put a lot of missional effort into building relationships with people to invite them to church. We don't want to ruin that when they walk in the door. We want to strive for good quality music and preaching, nice tasting coffee. It can be a disclaimer when you invite people to church. Comfortable seating, creativity in our services, well-maintained buildings. And we want to do so in order that all that effort we put in won't be wasted, won't be stifled, won't be ruined as we walk through the door. For the sake of reaching out and giving those who do not know the good news that we've, I spoke of earlier, the best opportunity to hear the gospel, to not be distracted, and to want to come back a second time, we want to make church accessible. We want to make sure it's not another world where people step back in time and think they've gone to Motat. We're not going... <laughs> We're not going to put the person on the door who wants to kiss everyone on the welcoming team, right? Sorry, Calvin, I said. 
Um, we won't make, here we go, sorry, I was going to say, we won't make first-time visitors line up on the front of church so that we can pray for them and point out someone who they can have coffee with, um, you know, on their first go at church. We, we don't want you to have to give a disclaimer or make an apology after church. We want to make it easy. And so look, as I, I finish up, um, I'm going to pass around a basket and the treasurer will be disappointed. It's not a second collection. Um, in it, a little bundles of invitations. Um, if you take the basket and um, pass it around, there's five invitations on those. Bundles of flyers. Bundles of five for us to hand out to people um, to invite them to our services during Advent and Christmas. Can you invite five people to church? You think you could do that? Can you ask them to come and see as disciples at GPC, we're committed to inviting. And so can I please ask that you take these? If you're not yet a part of the GPC family, maybe today is your first day, uh, or maybe you've been here for a few weeks and you're still just checking us out. If this vision of what life could be like, of the community that we're trying to build here, sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, please take some of these invitations. Invite others to come and see, to come and be a part of what God is doing in us and through us and through us as a community. Or perhaps this morning you're here and you've never heard that God offers us an invitation to know Him, to have a new life by simply trusting in Jesus and the good news that there is a new way of life, free from death, free, full of purpose and hope, and if you want that for yourself, or if you want to know more, or if that's you, can invite you to come up after our final song and our final prayer, and come straight to the front and, and talk with me, talk with Mike, talk with Becky, because we would love to pray with you. We'd love to walk through the invitation that God has for you, to bless you, to transform you, to give you hope and purpose in this life and for eternity. So... Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have indeed offered us the invitation of new life, the invitation of hope, the invitation of a new beginning into something amazing, into something good, into a life worthwhile. This life is precious. We thank you, Lord, that you would give your one and only Son to bridge the gap between us and you, to bring us back because you love us. So, Lord, as we hear this and perhaps as we feel your Spirit moving in our hearts, Lord, would we accept the invitation that you've got for us this morning to give ourselves to you, maybe for the first time, but maybe again, maybe to recommit to your way of life and the life that you hold before us. So God, we do this in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.